What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the Thursday, November 11th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and I am joined by the man that had probably the best Thursday of his life. Uh, that was pure sarcasm. Uh, the king of the courtside, the courtside king, Joey! What uh, is up, John? <laughs> Joey, it has been a day. <laughs> You, uh, you, you deserve multiple drinks of choice during this episode today, sir. I mean, honestly, it was a really good, nice, relaxing day. I actually had off work, which was a huge blessing. Went to a winery. It was great. Had some great company. Uh, but in the end, we did get a flat tire on the way home. So not quite as much time to work with John on the notes tonight as expected. So uh, for those who tuned in last week or listened to the podcast later, we're going to play a little bit more of Topic Roulette this week. Uh, we were able to get some notes down, but there will be a number that we'll be going off of a few different sources on, and we'll change things up as we go. Uh, for those live with us here tonight in chat, feel free to shoot us messages, topics, whatever. Uh, as we're very flexible, as you guys could tell, we're willing to jump on a few other topics that might not be in our plans tonight, but willing to talk about as well. All right, so it's going to be another one of those fantastic episodes of Level Up Live. Uh, before we even dive into any of the uh, pre-selected topics or the topics that you here in chat might be asking us to talk about as well. Uh, a little bit of homework, Nation. It is required if you listen or watch the show to follow Level Up Live on social media. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, that's the only two places you'll find it. Uh, used to have an Instagram, eh, not so much anymore. Level Up Live, LVLUP Live on the Twitter and the Facebook or, or the meta or whatever BS name they want to change it to now. And while you're on Twitter, make sure to follow Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco for all the latest and greatest in gaming, esports, and pure shenanigans. Uh, so make sure you give both of us a follow as well. And Nation, as always, uh, the fun parts of the show, the mistakes, our funny reactions, my incredible eye rolls to Joey puns are seen live, best live on Twitch, Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Twitch.tv slash OTN Media for the live stream. But if for any reason you can't catch it, let's say you have a life and you are doing something else other than watching a podcast on Twitch, don't worry. We have you covered. Uh, the podcast version, uh, the audio podcast version is available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, and Stitcher. And find yourself a podcast RSS feed. We're going to be there, too. Uh, just look up Level Up Podcast. We will be there for you. And please do leave us a review and uh, ratings uh, like, you know, four out of five stars, you know, nine out of ten or 93 out of 100 if you're Forza Horizon 5. Uh, you know, either way, just give us really awesome reviews because it's really, really cool. Also, patreon.com slash OTN. If you are listening or watching the show, thank you so much. If you want to take that next step in your OTN journey, you want to become a super fan of Level Up Live, you can do it at patreon.com slash OTN. All right, Joey, you are dancing over there. Um, I'm, I'm going to send you to go change a tire again uh, real quick if you have all that energy. Um, I know you said it's a hodgepodge kind of an episode, um, but what are some of our pre-selected topics for today's show? Uh, chat, for those asking, that was my attempted hula dance here. Uh, I am drinking. Well, I can't tell you yet. Um, but yeah, wow. so uh, we got a few different topics to talk about. We're talking about Optic and Envy. That merger has gone through, so touching on a few details there. Uh, from there, diving into a couple acquisitions that happened this past week before turning over to some partnerships. Then we have a lot of details about Halo Infinite, so updating you guys on some of that action. 
diving into Forza, both John and I have had the chance to rev up our engines in Forza Horizon 5. So giving some first thoughts on that, as well as bringing some statistics and numbers to you guys. We're talking COD Vanguard's launch, some Steam numbers from last week, some new esports updates, and much more, along with our roulette of topics that come later in the show. Joey, I feel like you've been doing drink, a little bit of drinking before the drink. Choice, <laughs> just a little uh, bit. Through, just... All right, Joey, um, because you want to jump the gun, because you're so wanting to do this segment, your drink of choice, and I'm putting my money that's on wine. No, it's actually not. It's wow. actually not that exciting. I was just going to tie it into my hula dancing. Uh, it's just lime-flavored oh. water. Um, but I did have a couple bottles of wine coming into the show, so some Cabernet Franc from Rappahannock Cellars. Um, really good stuff. Really enjoyed it. Um, but yes, chat, those were some good dance moves, hopefully going alongside some good content tonight as well. Our audio listeners are blessed because they did not have to see those dance moves. Uh, Joey, <laughs> but it is on I YouTube am... later. <laughs> <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Don't look for it. Uh, no, so... <laughs> no, by all means, go ahead. I can see the viewership count going up already. Oh, totally, uh, totally. All those subs and all the other fun stuff. Joey, um, as you know, I was on vacation this past weekend. Um, I have not drank that much in a three-day time span since back in my frat days in college. I'm giving my liver a break this week. It has been a lot. Um, so it's just it's just Coke Zero for me. It's nothing special. It is liver. Please don't give out on me right now. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of a lame drink of choice, uh, but it's okay. I'm completely satisfied with it because vacation was freaking awesome. Joey has a couple bottles of wine in him and some sparkling water. I have liver recovery in action with a Coke Zero. Joey, let's get into the fun stuff. Let's get into the reason why everyone is here. Let's get into gaming and eat sports news. Let's go. I do love it, John, but we need to give you a little bit of spotlight here. And I know you're no, going to give the I, full I, reveal over on Starlight Beacon Transmissions with our friend OG Flavortown later on Saturday, I believe at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, but give us a little summary, John. You had a really cool trip this past week. Again, you can save some details for Saturday, but, but what happened this weekend i left the dc area it was nice um no so uh i went down to disney world um which was really cool uh three day uh little adventure down there i flew down friday night saturday sunday monday spent there flew back monday night um walked 40 miles in three days uh, my feet still hurt. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of walking. But the really cool thing was is uh, we got a VIP tour uh, at Disney, which, long story short, you get to cut the line at every single ride. Um, some of the rides, you get to go only where the cast members get to go. Uh, and you get to see a lot of really cool behind-the-scenes things that normally you won't be able to see. Uh, which was really cool. You can't take any pictures or videos, so I couldn't post anything. But it was probably one of the coolest experiences of my life of that uh, was being on that VIP tour and just kind of like getting that like like look like I, I get it like Disney's like I don't know people like on the fence like oh Disney oh is it for kids is it for everyone eh, whatever. They make you feel like you are the most special person in the world, even if you don't feel like it. And it's amazing. Uh, they go out of their way. It was an absolutely fantastic weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, OG Flavortown said it in uh, in chat. Uh, mainly it happened uh, Friday night. Um, but Friday night, we went to Oga's Cantina in uh, Batu in Star Wars, the Star Wars section of uh, Hollywood Studios at Disney. And we had a reservation for 9.45 p.m., but we also got lucky and got in um, at, like, 
like six o'clock, like six o'clock or something. No, it was like five thirty, and was it five? No, I think it was like five. So so we had a reservation to build a lightsaber at six twenty-five. We got in at five o'clock, and we spent pretty much the entire time just drinking nonstop. And my goal was to have one of everything on the list because I wanted to try everything. You know, you don't know when you're gonna be able to go back. Well, we went back later that night and. It was a lot of alcohol. It, it, it was a lot of fun stuff, and it was a great, fantastic time that my liver is now hating me for. So, uh, but yeah, it was kind of cool. Kind of cool. What an awesome experience, though. <laughs> so glad you had that opportunity to go down there. And again, guys, if you do want to hear more about John's trips, follow him on social media as well as check out Starlight Beacon Transmissions uh, showing on YouTube this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, OG Flavortown, I know you're in the chat with us tonight. If you just want to shoot that Twitter link out there. Uh, I don't know if you can post links or not. I can try to find it as well. Um, but yeah, please go follow that as well. All the fun stories will be there. Yes, Saturday, yes, right? please keep those for that. A very Star Wars-centric podcast, hearing more about Batu over there. But we know a lot of you guys come here for gaming and esports, especially the podcast listeners, so we will dive right into that goodness. Uh, the Long Ruben merger, John, we've talked about this, I feel like, months ago. Between Optic and Envy, it has officially gone through. It is a done deal. These two teams are now one. As a result, Texas-based Call of Duty franchise Dallas Empire will be rebranded to Optic Texas for the 2022 Call of Duty League season. Additionally, Optic Chicago, that spot is up for grabs. Uh, it was rumored that there were two clubs looking to get it, with one of those being our very own Washington Justice ownership group here, uh, who are also in the Overwatch League. Uh, based on recent talk and chatter here, it sounds like they have pulled out of that deal. So we'll see if that other org is still interested or if there's some back and forth still going on there. But for now, where Optic was in Chicago will be held out and that current Call of Duty spot is still up for grabs. Uh, that could mean the Call of Duty League season goes forward, moving, uh, I guess, one less team in the schedule or someone else could come through and buy that before the season kicks off. Any other thoughts on Optic and Envy, John? I mean, this is a big deal. You're kind of bringing the green wall and the blue wall together here. They're merging together. Uh, this was also an interesting thing for the Overwatch League, and I'm curious to see how that plays out as well, because uh, Optic and Dallas, really, with Envy, were kind of big rivals in the Overwatch League, and I'm curious. They've really touched heavily on the Call of Duty side so far, but what does that mean for that rivalry in Texas in the Overwatch League as well? It, that's a great question. Um, and I think uh, that interstate rivalry is going to continue. It's going to blow up even more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Again, the idea of city-based esports is still really, really new. It's about two years old now, uh, if you really want to include the pandemic here. Um, and, and it's really cool. Yeah, like You have to remember, like Overwatch League came out with city-based teams, but they didn't play in their city's market for you know a, a year or two so you know that's a big thing um so the idea of city-based esports teams and esports organizations is, is still kind of feeling its way out there but the great thing is is esport fans around the country and really around the world have really taken a hold of it we're seeing it in the nba 2k league we're seeing it uh with uh you know call of duty overwatch league uh, we're starting to see other organizations as well possibly flirt with the idea. You take a look at the NHL uh, esports scene as well. A lot of the NHL organizations are putting on locally based tournaments where competitors that reach that final stage will fly to that city. You know, if the Lightning are doing it, you fly into Tampa Bay. If the Capitals are doing it, you're flying to Washington D.C. Uh, so it's a really, really cool thing that's really starting to to to, to blossom into. Uh, kind of like that, kind of like that next evolution of esports, and that being city-based organizations 
where you have that local touch kind of like you have with traditional sports teams. Yeah, and I think that's just a big question mark. Like, I love the idea of the home markets, and I think we saw some success with that here and there during the small time it was able to be run. Uh, but with this being said, like, a lot of the talk right now is the Call of Duty League. It's a big league. Call of Duty is a huge title. Everyone's like, well, what's going to happen to the Chicago spot? And it went up for sale, and we got that answer. But now with the Overwatch League, with this merger taking place, I mean, it's kind of a conflict of interest in a sense if you do end up yeah. keeping the Dallas Fuel and the Houston Outlaws. So both of those are big teams. Both have pretty big fan bases overall. And I really don't know if either Activision or the organizations in and of themselves, to my knowledge, have really answered that question as of yet. Well, they probably haven't. I mean, it's it's something that, you know, the officials in the Overwatch League will definitely have to take a look at. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they rule on that. Um you know, it'd be kind of interesting with all like the, the the negative spotlight on the on the video game itself for Overwatch, and then kind of like, you know, how the league is supposed to have like this really early beta version for for Overwatch League for Overwatch Two. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of question marks with it, so it'd be kind of interesting to see um, how that gets worked out behind the scenes. I mean, they're definitely going to make a public, you know, one way or another what the official ruling is going to be, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Definitely something to keep an eye on. So we'll keep an eye on that as well as that eventual Overwatch 2 launch, whether it be in 2022 <laughs> or 2032. Uh, we really don't know at this point, but supposedly next season is still going to play on it. They're projecting April 2022 uh, of some sort of beta build. And for those longtime listeners or even those short-term listeners, you guys have very much heard John and I's thoughts on the whole Overwatch 2 beta thing uh, and separating the pro scene from the regular players. And we'll see how that continues to play out as we go. 2032 is a very conservative estimate, Joe. I mean, you just you can never know nowadays with this game. Like, first we're putting Diablo on mobile phones, and supposedly that has had some success. It did take a little bit to get out there, but now delay is coming about, especially for Overwatch 2, another year delayed. Uh, at least what they're telling shareholders, like we mentioned last week's or on last week's show, it sounds like another year. So, uh, yeah, who who knows when we'll see that one for sure. Uh, sticking with some industry acquisitions, departures, roster moves, and all that goodness. We didn't put a ton of roster moves in this week, uh, but one more worth mentioning because they just keep teasing it, and I'm very interested to see who they have landed. G2 Esports is set to announce their Halo Infinite roster at 3 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, November 12th. Uh, for podcast listeners, hopefully you listen to this episode before then, but if not, you know where to go find it on those social media handles of G2. Uh, John, they have put, I feel like, four or five teasers out at this point for this Halo Infinite roster. Uh, I'm ready for G2 just to announce that they have signed Master Chief at this point, as much marketing as they're putting behind it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm super curious if they landed maybe one of the big like CDL pros returning to Halo, if that's going to be the big move here, or if they just have this baller roster, but they are ready to announce it. I mean, is is that what G two is doing, or are they just trolling Fnatic because they put that clause <laughs> in Perks' contract? I can't tell because it feels like every other tweet is either a troll against Fnatic or a, a tweet about uh, a Halo Infinite roster. I, I'm not sure what I'm looking at anymore when I look at their social media account. Yeah, it, it's interesting, and we'll have to touch on that. Uh, you know what? We're in the <laughs> roster section, John. Let's transition to that for a minute. Why not? Uh, so it came out that Perks, when he got sent from G two to Cloud Nine, and there was a pretty price tag on that overall. 
Uh, Cloud9, I believe, secured a three-year contract, and somewhere within that contract, which was technically within league rules at the time, said that he could not be traded to Fnatic during those three <laughs> years. So anywhere else, he could have got traded to South Korea. He could have got traded to another EU org, another NA org. He could have even got sent down to the Down Under in Australia, but he could not go to Fnatic for three years. Uh, that has since been remedied. Riot Games is changing the wording around that rule. Uh, but G2, once again, kind of getting away with sneaking their way around some rules. In this case, they were on the right side of the rules. It just it didn't feel like the right side to a lot of people. It's just funny because like it was approved by the LCS. Uh, and the LEC didn't really get back to them on it from what I was reading. And it's like, okay, well, you know, they te G2 technically didn't do anything wrong in that deal. And it makes complete sense that you don't want, you know, one of the best players in Western League of Legends going to your ultimate rival in Fnatic. I, I, I get it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I actually have a prop now. I have a problem with Riot going back on their word with 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 uh, with League of Legends going back and saying, you know, while technically yes, the contract at the time that it was signed was valid, we're not going to enforce it though. I actually have a problem with that. It's like that that should be the new standard, right? If if that was the contract that was signed and agreed to at the time, and it was fully within the rules and regulations of the league and the organization running it. Uh, then, then I, you know, to me, that's part of the reason why I feel like there needs to be like a players association or some kind of representation out there, uh, because a league shouldn't be able to come in a year later and say, you know what, we're not going to enforce this part of the rule now. If anything, they say, okay, we recognize the mistakes of this. We're going to change the wording on it. And when that contract is no longer valid anymore, that's going to be the last time that's ever going to happen. Um, but I actually do have an issue, and, and not because, like, I, I, I'm not a fanaticator at all. Like, I just have an issue with the fact that it's a contract, it's a legal document that was signed within the rules and regulations of the, organ, uh, like, of the, the governing body of the league that was accepted, and now you're going to say, oh, well, now it kind of looks a little bad, so we're not going to enforce it. Uh, I, I, I actually have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I think they're getting a lot of heat and there's labor unions now getting involved as well because technically it's illegal based on certain labor clauses. So mm. I think this is Riot Games saying, oh, shoot, we probably should have reviewed this a little <laughs> bit better. So let's back it up a little bit. So now they're kind of like, I would say in a sense, like soft agreeing to it. Like, okay, you guys have made this deal, but next time a deal like this is not going to go through. With this yeah. deal, while it's still there, we're not going to heavily enforce it. Uh, but based on that, I mean... It's not official, but Perks is going to Vitality, guys. It sounds like the deal is going to be signed. Uh, so it technically won't be coming up in this period, uh, but it is one of those things that I think it's going to be active for at least another year or two after this. So, Sorry yeah, we'll like. we'll see. It, it, it's a messy situation overall. It's correct. Um, credit to Carlos, that. though. I mean, he's found a way around the rules once again. Uh, this one technically within those boundaries, kind of like scraping up on the side of it. For those who played Forza, it's like drifting right around the corner of the boundaries. Um, but he, he did stay within the boundaries. It's technically legal. So that roster move for now will stand. Perks is headed to Vitality. And Fnatic, it sounds like we'll be picking up Humanoid from Mad Lions. But we'll dive into that a bit more next week. 
Ah, I love roster stuff. Uh, let's talk partnerships and investments, though. Just a couple acquisitions to hit here before we dive into some juicy Halo Infinite news. Take-Two has announced the acquisition of Elite 3D, a Spanish creative studio dedicated to 2D and 3D art. Uh, on top of that, they also picked up Turia Games, who was under that same ownership umbrella. And they're going to say, hey, we like you both, but we like you both better together. They're going to merge them both together and then turn them under the 31st Union Studio, making them the second development studio under there who are working on a new IP. Uh, so this is something we see industry-wide. Everyone is trying to buy studios, acquire studios, and then merge them into other existing studios or find ways to bring those studios up by hiring more and more talent. It's just going to happen everywhere. Take-Two being one of those big names is going to continue to do it. So locking down a big one here in Elite 3D Interior Games. And again, sliding them under the 31st Union banner uh, for those who do pay attention to all those individual studios. Last but not least, less exciting as well. Uh, Intel is making some big moves. This one is probably going to be a lot more down the road than it does right now. Uh, they've acquired cloud gaming services provider Remote My App. Uh, for those of you who might have IT situations at work or different things like this, you probably have heard of Remote My App before. Uh, it's one of those po pretty popular office solutions in that sense, where IT departments can remote into your computer, or if you are away from the office, like uh, in today's day and age where there's a lot of work from home situations due to COVID, uh, it got a lot of big popularity there as well. So this is one where we're seeing cloud gaming continue to rise from like xCloud for Xbox and NVIDIA GeForce Now and all these other companies. This one could be NVIDIA move saying hey we're trying or i mean intel rather trying to gain ground on nvidia not only in graphics units but also trying to continue to make waves in that new space of cloud gaming as well yeah watch it come with a, a pricey price tag and everything else too. it like, could and, and it intel. could be one of those things too where like they loop it in i could see them putting it with like hey you want a new processor chip also get one year of remote my app for free only if you buy the i9 or higher yeah, I mean, you know how it works. <laughs> Intel's got to sell. <laughs> Not for an i7 or an i5 anymore. You have to get an i9. Yeah, the i7, i5, you get a free copy of Battlefield 2042 and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a win. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's why it's the i7 and i5. Uh, yeah. Hey, it happens, it happens. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? We don't have to dive too much into it, but I feel like it's a good move on the business side. I don't know how much it's really going to translate over to the gaming side for me, at least for the near couple of years. I mean, I mean, it really depends upon what they're going to try to do. Are they going to try to run a marketplace? Are they going to try to, like, have their own, you know, cloud-based gaming system? Because, I mean, it feels like it's becoming a dime a dozen. Like, you know, when Epic launched, you know, their gaming store to take on Steam, a lot of people were like, you know, Oh, you know, Steam already has a big market hold on this. You know, you know their market share on on you know PC gaming and everything. Like, how are they actually going to do it? And like, they had to come with some really killer uh, percentages in favor of developers uh, for developers to really like want to put their games in the Epic Store. And that's kind of like what we're going to see here with Intel as well. Going the cloud gaming route is like it feels like everyone's trying to go cloud gaming. What's going to be the better version? And right now, I'd argue it's probably going to be xCloud for Microsoft just because, one, they've been in that space for so freaking long. They understand how computers and the cloud works. Uh, so it feels like that one's just set up for more success, where Intel has mainly just been um, a, a PC component ma manufacturer making, uh, you know, uh, 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 processors, you know, that that's their thing. Uh, so it's just kind of like, okay, cool, I get you want to expand, but, like, you're going into an area that already has well-established players, and you're just going to be even that more 
behind. Like, take a look at AMD. How far were they behind Intel in processors and NVIDIA with graphics cards up until, like, three generations ago? It took them decades to catch up and in some play, in some would argue, bypass both of them. Uh, so is Intel really ready for that kind of a battle? Because even though cloud gaming is still technically new, it already has some big, big players in that space. And I think they're going to run into a similar situation where Amazon is, and Amazon even having more money than Intel. When you look at Microsoft with xCloud, I think their service is great. Azure is awesome behind it. Uh, same with Google with Stadia. Like, they have a solid cloud solution behind them. The difference with Microsoft compared to all of these other ones for me is the fact that they have a catalog to go with it. They can say, hey, we have all these studios developing games for us. We're going to constantly add new first-party content in, while everyone else, whether it be NVIDIA, whether it be Google Stadia, or even Amazon Luna, other than a couple games here and there, they're having to buy third-party deals. And I think that is the biggest advantage for xCloud right now. So we will keep an eye on that one. John, this next one, we do have a video. I've actually not seen the video, so we'll have to check it if it has any kind of copyrighted music to it. Um, but it, it's a new partnership, and it's a unique partnership, ladies and gentlemen. Xbox and Samsung are teaming up, and they've done a lot of team-ups in the past. This one a little bit more unique, though. You can say it almost just slings its way into the gaming industry. Uh, they're celebrating the upcoming launch of Halo Infinite with a new live stream experience. In quotes, Halo fans will use Samsung's Twitch chat and work together to aim and fire the grapple shot at desired targets. When a target is hit, the reward you will be raffled off to chat members who contributed to the successful shot. So the way I'm understanding this is, hey, big old Twitch page. Ooh, nice, Samsung Twitch page. And then from there, chat is participating almost like in a kind of like Twitch plays type of thing where it'll say like left, right, shoot here, shoot there. And chat is inputting how the grapple shot is going to shoot off. And then whoever ends up with those correct inputs will end up getting uh, some kind of prizes. I don't know if they're Xbox Series Xs or Ss or Game Pass cards or whatever they end up being. Uh, I love this idea, John. I think it's super unique. I think it's a fun way to involve the audience. Uh, it's just, it's a very interesting marketing deal. And to my knowledge, not something we've really seen in recent years. I am, I see this being bad. I see, <laughs> I see a bunch of streamers getting trolled by chat. I just, ah, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea. I mean, it's definitely a way to, uh, to, to get your chat more involved in what you're doing and, and keep their attention a little bit more. But why? Mm, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, it's a little trolly. I think they it's need to trolly. limit it down to what the options are. Like, if you yeah. give chat something where they can choose the angle of the launch, it's going to be in the top corners. It's going to be oh, shooting yeah. the people on screen. Uh, if you give them set, like, you have to hit this certain thing, and it's like a moving target, and you give them, like, a little range, then sure, I think it could work. But, uh, yeah, it is... Anything left up to Twitch chat, I feel like, is a very big gray area in today's day and age. <laughs> it's a very big gamble. Very much a big gamble. So we'll see if any of the shots land, but if you guys are interested, there's more news on that. It's over at Xbox.com. Uh, it has a picture, I believe, of Samsung TV on the main article, so you guys can check that out and all the details of when that is happening. Uh, sticking with Halo Infinite, but sliding over to the Battle Pass, a few more details. IGN had first coverage on this. It dropped last Friday just to hit on a couple things in it. Further confirmation that the Battle Pass won't expire. John, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this. There are so many Battle Passes that I've purchased in different games over the past couple years. And my biggest issue is if I want to complete this Battle Pass, if I want that awesome thing at Tier 50 or Tier 100, I have to put in, it feels like, 50 or 100 hours of that game within that season to get that particular thing. 
which is fine. If it's a game you play a ton, if it's like League of Legends or Apex Legends or whatever, and it's like your main game and you're playing it a ton, then sure, it makes sense. But if you're someone who doesn't have as much time to do it, and maybe you enjoy the game, but you're, uh, you also have a family or you hard, you work a lot of extra hours for your job or whatever the reason being, you just don't have the ability to finish that battle pass. This to me is a great solution. This to me is a solution I would love to see in more games. And now it doesn't quite hit on that FOMO aspect that a lot of these other battle passes do have. But for me, John, I love the idea of a battle pass that won't expire, one that I can kind of select when I have time to do it. Uh, Joey, the first thing that went to my mind when you were giving examples of like people who may not have the time to do it, I really would be like, wow, you mean people that have a life and don't get to play video games for, for 23 or the 24 hours of the day anymore? Um, yeah. Um, number one, I hate that I can't play video games for 23 <laughs> out of 24 hours anymore. I'm very jealous. Uh, two... Um, yeah, it, it's such a great idea. It, it really is. Uh, you, you buy into it. You get a battle pass that doesn't expire. You can work toward towards it on your own terms. Um, that's huge. Now, Fortnite's sitting over here going like, well, how are you supposed to make money when people don't buy new battle passes when you put expiration dates on them? You know, Rocket League saying the same thing, and everyone else that has these battle passes that cost you 10 bucks every three months and have, like, ungodly rewards at the end of it but yeah you have to literally not have a family not have a life not have a social life not a friend not have a job not have anything and play that game non-stop in order to get to that final tier and even then a lot of people still don't reach that tier in three months um so <laughs> og goes like married people yes and people with responsibilities you're 100 correct there <laughs> um so, so yes it, it's kind of nice to see uh, that there's going to be a battle pass that doesn't expire uh, because for people uh, that are no longer attached to their gaming console or computer, uh, it's good for them because now they won't have that FOMO. Yeah, I think it's a good move. And it's even for people who are like people that like multiple games, whether you're on Game Pass or you just really like diving more into indie games that are constantly releasing here and there. Uh, it's just one of those things that's just tough to find time. Like if it's not your main game, and even if it is your main game, like, I mean, John, you and I grinded the heck out of Valorant when it first launched, uh, for better or for worse, depending <laughs> how you look at it. But we tried hard to grind through that game. And in the end, like neither one of us hit those higher tiers. It, it just, it was so much work. And it had, it came down to you had to play daily. But not only play daily, you had to hit the daily objectives, which is something you and I just weren't able to do. And I'm sure a lot of people out there, whether it's because they have responsibilities or because they want to play other games or whatever reason, it is just tough to get some of these battle passes finished. So in the end, I like it. Let me play Halo when I want to play it, but also don't take my content away if I can't unlock it within a certain window. So I think this is a big win. I mean, Squirkle in chat also mentioning that Fortnite has one of those battle passes that expires, but they're not going to change it. They're making so much money on it, and I agree. Uh, I think probably the same thing with Apex Legends and all these other games that are doing very well with their systems. But for other ones that uh, might be struggling a little bit with battle passes or maybe having a hard time maintaining players, maybe this is something that will allow players to come back and feel more comfortable coming back more regularly. You know what absolutely cracks me up, Joey? You're talking about Valorant's battle pass. You're like, oh, yeah, we couldn't hit the daily targets. Joey, we couldn't hit the other team. <laughs> like, you can't hit the daily targets if you can't aim and shoot the other team, at least in, in, in my case. Uh, so, so, yeah, it was, it was just not good. Yeah, yeah, we we have our issues here and there with aiming. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, big oof is correct, absolutely. Ah, <laughs> uh, yikes! Thanks, chat. Uh, season the other one. <laughs> yeah, Squirkle has witnessed it firsthand yeah. uh, in a tournament, in fact. But we won't touch on that. We did finish what fifth, third. 
We finished only because high. of the forfeits. Quite, quite, it was the forfeits. <laughs> we got. <laughs> we don't have to talk about this. We we finished. Our like, record very was high. like, it was like two and two and three, and we finished like in fifth place because there were so many freaking forfeits. It was Squirrels even telling me to shush. Sorry, <laughs> we we finished fourth overall in a tournament. Uh, let let's go, Team Boomer Cringe. Let's go, Team Boomer Cringe. <laughs> what what a time! What a time to be alive. Uh, hopefully we'll be a little bit better in Halo Infinite when Season 1 Halo, or Heroes of Reach, I almost messed that up, Heroes of Reach is going to be the first theme, so those that enjoyed Halo Reach, those that uh, really enjoyed that level of armor customization, the depth of story, that's kind of what they're looking to bring here with Season 1. I believe we have heard this name before, but it was reconfirmed in this article as well. Uh, we're seeing death effects and armor back. I think I'm okay with this. There are certain players that are very much like, I just want my Spartan to die and just to be done. Others enjoy the little, like, uh, I don't know, I think there's, like, little cupids that came out, some flames, whatever they end up being. Uh, those death effects are going to be back. Uh, as well as some armor effects, like the flaming helmet, I think, has made its way back. The grunt birthday party, which I love the idea of shooting John's character in the head and just seeing, like, little confetti come out. I think that'll be fun uh, when that eventually comes to fruition. Uh, regular free events will be separate from the Battle Pass as well, so this is another thing. Again, they're making this very free-to-play friendly. Uh, the game in and of itself, the multiplayer, will be free-to-play from the beginning to the end. On top of that, there are free events, so you're going to have a free track for the Battle Pass, and you're going to have free events that are like fractured events. So this is kind of like, for those that look at Disney stuff, like Star Wars in particular, Star Wars has Legends. Uh, it's kind of your not quite canon stuff, or maybe very far from canon stuff, that they end up trying to integrate here and there, but it's still different from the main line. That's what you're going to have with Halo as well. So there's going to be some like non-canon armor that's not going to be like your normal Spartan-looking armor, uh, where they're going to bring in some stuff. Like the first one's going to be Yoru, Yori, something like that. It's Japanese. It kind of has like that samurai look to it. I love the idea of fracture things like that, John, where they're separating the cannon, but still allowing different variations of armor as well. Cool, cool. So that is the battle pass. On top of that, 343 continuing the communication has given us some updates on the latest tech tests for those that participated in that. Uh, one of the big things that I'm a big fan of is Jeff Steitzer, the guy who gives you the whole multi-kill, double kill, all that good stuff. He will be back as the voice in Big Team Battle. For some reason, and I don't know why, uh, they separated his voice from the normal multiplayer in the Big Team Battle multiplayer. I love the idea of him being throughout. I think you do as well, John. His voice is just one of those iconic parts of Halo to me. Yeah, um, he actually has a TikTok, and to my <laughs> surprise, he was a very um, seasoned gamer, if you will, uh, which blew my mind. I didn't realize he was that old, but uh, but yeah, yeah, he's the, definitely the seasoned. <laughs> yeah, the, the the dude has a voice. Like the dude has a voice, and it's really really cool to have him back. Yeah, so really cool seeing him back in there. A couple other things, a new level progression system. So it was originally not built in. Like every other Halo, there was kind of like a level progression system. It was not in Halo Infinite. Uh, it will be added post-launch. They're adding a couple things in with that aspect. So probably not Season 1 ready, but maybe Season 2. Uh, the Banshee. I don't know if you had a chance to get into Banshee, John. I did once during the Halo Infinite tech preview. Uh, it will be receiving a buff prior to launch, so the bombs are going to be a little bit more explodey. Uh, I believe the movement's going to be a little crisper as well. Uh, we have some weapon tuning getting changed. Uh, so one of the big things, and we can talk more about this as well, 
is the whole aim assist versus mouse and keyboard versus controller thing. Uh, with them running the esports scene on both controller and mouse and keyboard, this is going to be a constant discussion for a while to come. Uh, but one of the big changes we're going to see is a slight change to the cone angle on aim assist. Uh, I think this is going to be something we see very regularly, John, as far as like the esports scene in particular. How do we constantly change these things to make it as close as possible for these two different inputs to be competitive? And it's, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Um, there's just like for a mouse and keyboard, there is this way too much uh, fine tuning a PC gamer can do based upon the equipment based upon the software, based upon everything they have on their PC, where really on console, let's be honest here, you have the Xbox controller and the Xbox Pro Elite Special Edition, whatever, blah, 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 controller that's got all the little funny buttons in the back of the controller as well. Other than that, I mean, that's pretty much as like really customized as it gets. Maybe you plug a mouse and keyboard in to the console as well. And then you can get that uh, sort of on the same lines as a PC gamer. Um, but really, I just don't, at least I cannot comprehend how you will be able to keep it a level playing field with how big of specialization or specializing a player on PC can do with a mouse and keyboard versus anything, any kind of algorithm you pump into a console version of that same game. Uh, for controller players. I, I just, to me, I, I, I don't understand how that's even a, a legitimate conversation to have. I mean, it's tough because like controller players are supposedly stronger than PC players when it comes to Halo. And a lot of that is due to aim assist. So when you're looking at it overall, I feel like someone using a sniper rifle is going to be stronger on PC. But if I'm in those close quarters and there's kind of like a sticky aim thing going, then the controller is going to have a slight advantage versus the PC with no sticky aim. So I just, I feel like it's going to be such a fine tuning thing that has to constantly go back and forth between both inputs. Uh, in the end, maybe controller just stays the strongest overall, but at a distance, John, I completely agree. I think mouse and keyboard has a distance advantage depending on how sticky they kind of make that aim, uh, which did feel a lot looser than people were expecting in the, uh, the tech preview, I guess is what it was called. Uh, as far as just trying to find that balance, because a lot of games run a pretty strong aim assist. Halo trying to dial it back a little bit to kind of even it out a bit more with PC. A uh, couple other things about Halo, and then we will slide our way or drift our way into Forza. Uh, we have radar in big team battle will be increased from 18 to 22 meters. Not a big change, but you can see people pop up on your radar blip a little bit earlier than you could in the alpha. Uh, flags being pushed by vehicles have been patched out. So you can no longer hop in a ghost or a warthog and say, hey, flag, come with me and just ride it all the way back to the base. Uh, you can, however, pick up that flag and jump into that passenger seat and have John drive you across the map. So that will still be an option, but you just can't push it. Plasma Pistol will get a buff post-launch. 343 actually thought people were going to be more negative toward the Plasma Pistol. Uh, I hated it originally. It had this weird, like, bubble sound effect. They changed that. That improved. Uh, the damage improving a little bit, kind of giving it uh, still that same EMP effect that we've seen in the past, but a little bit more damage behind it, and it still will get some changes, too. The Commando got nerfed. It's going to require an additional bullet. John, one single bullet uh, to increase that kill count. Uh, I don't know oh, how much so cool. of a big change that's going to be, but that one single bullet will come pretty quickly. And if you land it, hey, there's a kill. Uh, grenade jumping and hammer impulse physics will be increased post-launch. 
So for those who really enjoyed the plasma grenade kind of jumping in previous Halos, that will be coming back, but it will be a change a little bit after launch as they're still working on those physics. Player collision will be turned off at launch. People are very split on this, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, this, I believe, is the last bit we're touching on here outside of customizable HUDs. Uh, so if you guys are very into customizing your HUD, like in games like Diabotical, it's very possible. Uh, Nixie, I don't know if you're in chat, uh, but this will be a possibility here in Halo as well, kind of changing up your HUD to however you want it to look. And that player collision bet. So in the past, there's been different things where players can jump on each other's heads and kind of get an extra lift. You see it in other games as well, like CSGO. It's very prominent. Uh, I am kind of mixed on this. I love the idea of not having that one toxic teammate continuously grenade launch me over and over. Um, I also like the idea of not having someone lock me up in a corner because they're toxic. So I can see why it's out for new players, but you also kind of, in a sense, strap up the creativity that could come out of those higher level players as well. Yeah, I mean, and and as that player who's going to be grenade launching Joey and locking him in a corner, um, I am all for this. I, th I think it's a great idea. I think Joey should always stay in the corner or be grenade launched. Nobody I puts mean, Joey in the corner, John. Everyone puts <laughs> Joey in the corner. <laughs> um, I mean, it, 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 it makes for a very creative game. Like, yeah, you're going to have toxic players regardless of whether the mechanic is turned on or off. I mean, to me, it's Halo. Like, it's it, it, it's a thing. Like, it's part of the game. I mean, I'm I'm indifferent, but I'd rather have it on, personally. It's just me. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent as well. Like, I would be fine with it being on. And, and I think as long as you have, like, a decent kick system. Like, if John comes in and grenade launches me three times, I want a vote that says I can kick John or I can keep John. And then from there, maybe we'll put it out to jury. Maybe we'll put it in chat and we can decide from there. Um, but I think that's one of the big things. Like, I think Halo being known for those grenade jumps being known for people jumping on each other's heads to get to crazy high places, uh, being known for all these different strategies. And someone, I believe it was Mint Blitz over in Australia brought it up, is with player collision off, this technically means you could kind of stack people on top of one model. So if you lined it up right, we could have a team of like six people on top of each other in one spot. And someone can be like, oh, I found one guy over here in red base. And they get close to him and then boom, it's like six guys all of a sudden just because they're all on top of the player model. So I think there's some strategies that could come from this. I just don't like these strategies as much as I like the strategies that do come from player collision. Put Joey in a corner and just leave him there. I know, chat. Let's show with Joey in the corner over here. T-Spans, yeah, welcome I to chat. Everyone's on my side, Joey. Just you just have to accept. It. I know they they enjoy me being put in corners and grenade launched and all that, but we'll see when it eventually <laughs> launches on December eighth. I will take you guys on and probably get put in the corner and grenade launch. But hey, we'll at least try. Uh, Forza Horizon Five, John. Let's drift our way into a new topic. I'm excited for this. Uh, we also created some new content for this, guys. We're trying a few different new things on social media. This one did quite well. Uh, we're going to show it to you guys live here as well for our live listeners on Twitch tonight too. I don't know if you have that queued up. Oh, you do. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, it's going. Oh, it's definitely going. I don't have the sound on because I don't want to take any chances, but yeah, it's... Yeah, we're not about that DMCA life. It's twerking. Uh, but yeah, we put some little video together. John did a really good job with this one. Some stats as far as 425 plus cars available at launch, 2,000 something weather systems in the game. Uh, we threw in some ratings, a lot of 10 out of 10s, a lot of 5 out of 5s from major outlets. Uh, fun fact, Forza Horizon 5 is the highest rated critical or critically rated game this year. I pulled in a 92 on Metacritic as well as on OpenCritic. I think the next highest game was at 89, which was like Psychonauts 2 and one other game, maybe Ratchet and Clank. Um, but yeah, very good, very big ratings for Forza Horizon 5. Uh, now officially launched as of Tuesday this week. 
getting spam phone calls on my cell phone right now. It's not a good thing because it's currently connected to Bluetooth into my mixer. So we're, we're not going to. We're going to do that live on air. Ring, ring. So let's talk about some of the numbers as well as our own experience, Sean. Uh, first and foremost, it hit 1.5 to 2 million players in early access, and it has now hit over 6 million players since its official launch on Tuesday. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but this is a lot higher than I was expecting for this game. It looked gorgeous. It's getting really high critical ratings, but how much of that was going to translate over to a racing game, an embracing game that's not Mario Kart, namely? Uh, 6 million people in the first two to three days is pretty darn big, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's big. And Joey, like, I'll be honest, I, I'm not a big like racing video game kind of player. Uh, the last like racing game I was really big on was Gran Turismo, and that was like years and years ago. Um, I think it was like the PlayStation Two, uh, just because the the graphics on the PlayStation Two were just that much more superior than the PlayStation One. I mean, really, it was it was a turning of an era, if you will, and Gran Turismo was was great. It was absolutely fantastic. I remember spending hours and hours, weeks, months, and years playing that game. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 has that feel. Uh, the graphics are incredible, uh, utilizing literally everything on an Xbox Series X. Uh, I was talking with Joey before we went live on the air tonight because I was actually playing it before the show. Um, and I was talking about how like my Series X feels like a pillar of heat, <laughs> uh, just pumping out like the heat nonstop. But that's just because of that's how like graphically intense this game is, and it's very very impressive. Uh, everything handles well. Everything is smooth. I mean, the game runs incredible. It looks absolutely stunning. So no, it, it doesn't really surprise me. And then when you put it on uh, to Game Pass, I mean. This is a game that if you're looking at like the ultimate edition of the game being a hundred bucks, uh, this is a game that justifies that ninety nine ninety nine price tag uh, with everything that's gone into it so far. Uh, it's a very addicting game. It's fun to watch. It's fun to play. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it honestly it, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of people are playing it. Uh, I mean, as quickly as it did over launch weekend and launch day only being on Tuesday, unless you had early access. Um, yeah, that's a lot of people playing, but I think that also has to do with the fact that this essentially $100 game is available as a part of Xbox game pass. It, it's awesome. It's, it's great. Yeah. And I think there's just so many pluses with that. I mean, this is free to anyone, like anyone on game pass has the opportunity to play this game for free. But on top of that, as John said, the early access thing. So what's the return on this? The big question is always like, is game pass making any money? Are these games actually selling from game pass guys just on early access alone hitting? Let's it was over 1 million, but let's just go with 1 million for the example here. So to play in early access, you had to either A, buy the $99 premium edition, or B, be part of Game Pass and pay $46 for the premium upgrade. Those are your two options. So let's, just for the sake of it, we're going to say 1 million players, and we're going to say everyone did the $46 premium upgrade. They didn't want the full premium edition. They just wanted the upgraded version. That's $46 million. $46 million right there. I mean, like, they pulled in crazy money for this game overall. Like, overall, it's just so, so much money being pulled in from this game, and that's just the early access. And on top of that, then you have the free players coming in, and maybe those free players buy a car pack or buy an expansion later down the road, or maybe they just really enjoy the game and they just want to purchase it to support the devs or whatever. I mean, this... This is a very successful launch, and I think this is a big win for Xbox in the sense that not only does this bring in money, but...
But it's also saying, hey, Microsoft, gaming just continues to grow. And they're saying, hey, Satya, we're pulling in more and more income as we go. And you're going to see more and more investments come out of that, uh, as well as this whole. And John, I think you were the first one to actually notice. It. I didn't even see it before, uh, which is surprising. You beat me to some big Microsoft news because usually I'm just like following that account like crazy. Uh, the $46 premium deal was huge and you brought it up and I was like, oh, I'm not paying anything for that. And then who ended up buying it? I ended up buying it because you introduced me to that dang thing. Um, but it's just such a good deal. Like it was what two expansions, like VIP status, uh, early access. Like it was a pretty darn good deal. And I feel like for a studio like Playground that has put a lot of time into this game for something that looks this gorgeous, that's getting this high of critical ratings, uh, it just almost like, felt worth it in the end to go with the $46 upgrade. Yeah. So so first off, Joey, I, I humbly accept the award of beating joey to breaking uh microsoft xbox news i know uh, so. i feel like i'm always watching those notifications I, but john hit me up with it before even the xbox account did get wrecked um <laughs> in forza uh so uh yeah look uh, again you know go this whole thing goes back to the fact that this is this feels like a 100 game like months ago you heard us complain uh about the fact that the playstation 5 is adding an extra ten dollars onto all of their games uh, on the PlayStation 5 marketplace because, oh, it's next-gen, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, you know, okay, great, it's fine, it's next-gen, whoop-de-doo, but does that actually justify the price increase? This game justifies it, at least in my personal opinion, having played it, totally justifies that premium. And if you're going to be an Xbox Game Pass subscriber and you enjoy this game, you are literally paying less to upgrade to the premium version of this game to unlock some really sick custom cars get that vip pass also get the next two expansions included in it for literally almost 60 percent off the full cost of a 100 game i mean why not why not like you are literally paying less for that premium upgrade on game pass than you would a fully priced game of $60. It, it just, it's such a deal and a half. It's almost crazy not to even consider it if this is a game you enjoy playing. That's the big caveat. You have to enjoy playing this game. Otherwise, it's just worth the free download on Game Pass. If you play it and you're like, oh, okay, I see the appeal. Okay, yeah, the graphics are cool. I'll probably play it for a week or two then maybe here and there, then obviously upgrading to the premium is not going to be what you want to do. Uh, but if this is a game that you enjoy, that that I'm not going to I'm not going to use the A word, I'm not going to say addicted, uh, but something that you gravitate towards more often than not, then it's 100% worth it. Whether you see it as supporting the the uh, the devs or the studio, it doesn't matter. That alone, that price is absolutely stupid. It's a, such a stupid good deal. Uh so, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy not to. Joey, I did the same thing. I bought it also, uh, even though my early access was <laughs> when I was in Florida. Uh, so, oh, darn. Uh, but I do absolutely drive, love driving around that uh, BMW M5, though. It's such a good car. Oh, so. oh I put a Squid Game paint <sighs> job on mine, by the way, and it is Ooh. so cool. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll show you guys some paint jobs at some point. Uh, for now, the 46 premium, it, it's definitely worth it. I think my biggest question is what are the expansion packs going to cost? And I don't know if chat, if you guys bought it, I did not buy any expansion packs for Forza Horizon 4. 
I played a little bit of it here and there, but definitely I feel like I've already surpassed what I played on four in Horizon Five just based on this first week. Um, I, so I don't know what they went for. I don't know if they're like five dollars, seven dollars, ten to fifteen dollars, depending on that. I think weighing that against the cost of this premium might be where some people make their decision as well. Uh, last but not least, for Forza, they're adding sign language support, John. To my knowledge, and I could be wrong, this is the first game that I know of that has added sign language. I think it's phenomenal. They have different actors and actresses that will be able to play out the sign language as you play the game itself. So they'll be kind of off in one of the corners, and I believe you can set them in whatever corner you want, and the signs will come across while you're racing in the game too. So uh, this is one thing that we've seen a lot with Xbox and Microsoft just in general with accessibility. Yeah, they have the adaptive controller. They're adding more and more language support to games and trying to localize them more and more. Starfield is going to be fully localized in, I think they said like 20 languages or something, like fully localized every single voice line in the game, which is incredible. Uh, so we're seeing that push more and more. Microsoft trying to become, uh, and again, it's all money related in a sense, like they want to continue to expand to different countries and to do that, you need more language. But sign language is one of those ones that kind of gets thrown to the side in a lot of different instances, uh, as well as some other disabilities across the board. And I love that we're seeing more and more investment from Microsoft and Xbox in that department. I think adding sign language is great for people. Uh, more gamers now get to play the game and experience Forza Horizon 5. Any other thoughts on Forza Horizon 5, John? I've been enjoying it uh, a couple days in. I've tried to set some records for those who are friends with me over on Xbox. Good luck beating some of those like caution signs and all of that. Uh, as far as some of the signboards, I am doing all right, but I still have a lot of room to improve there. I, I think I got close to you on um, the caution sign at the airport uh, mm. for the, the, the distance jump. I've landed in the river. So it's, it's, I think I'm getting close to you, Joey. I think I'm that one's close. funny. So I actually had a lower ranking and then OG Flavortown <laughs> in chat broke my jump record and I watched him do it live on stream. So later that night, the first thing I did when I got home was like, <laughs> I have to beat that record. So I launched right That's into awesome. Forza as soon as I got home. Uh, ended up trying to beat his record, and then he found out later that night. Um, but it was tons of fun, and I think that's one of the cool things that this game kind of brings to the table is, like, these random records. Like, if I see a speed trap that gets beaten, like, ooh, I feel the need. I want to go in there and try my best changing a few different cars, changing a few different ways I drift or whatever uh, to try to kind of break those records and stay on top. Uh, shout out to Eden over on the Xbox team. I feel like she owns almost every record that I have gone up against, so she has done some incredible things over there in Forza as well. Uh, Joey, without looking at chat here, how do you get a Chevy zero to 60 in four seconds? Is this supposed to be a joke or for real? It, sure. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, what's it supposed to be? You push it off a cliff. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Thank you, Squirkle. Chevys are garbage. I wow. will go on record. That's some like dark far. car humor. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, for, it's the same thing. Like, uh, how do, you, how do you remember how to spell Ford? Ford, F-O-R-D, found on road dead. Oh, my uh, gosh. You know, yeah, I mean, Well, it's, hey, it's shout out to the Ford Bronco, though. That thing has been a lifesaver on some of the beast. terrain in this freaking game. Like, shout I try to, to drive some of these, like, fancy cars, and I'm, like, skidding into cactuses and running into rocks, and I'm like, okay, time to switch back to the Bronco for a minute. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I will go ahead and give Ford some credit here. They killed off the Bronco back in the 90s, mainly because of the uh, ties it had to O.J. Simpson. Uh, Gen Z fam, if you don't know who that is, that's the football player who did not kill his wife, uh, but went to jail because he threatened to kill someone else for stealing for uh, not selling back his NFL merch to him. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, 
yeah, they got rid of it. They finally brought it back, and it looks absolutely incredible. It's one of the premier cars on Forza Horizon 5. Uh, yes, that is my uh, go-to off-roading car for a lot of the uh, the races there. Lots of good choices, tons of cars, 425 plus so far, and they will just constantly add new cars. By the way, I think a new season started tonight as well. Uh, I don't know which one we went into. I think we started in the hot season. Um, so there's like hot, dry, wet, and stormy. Maybe that honestly sounds like a really good drink as well. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll have to check that out later on. Let's talk COD Vanguard. It launched last Friday and some of the launch thoughts. We put a poll out on Twitter. I uh, got quite a few votes. Me and these polls have been popping off lately. Uh, asking what are the thoughts on COD Vanguard? How does it feel at launch? 7% said great. 33% said good, 33% said all right, and the last 27% came through saying bad. Uh, so based on our little poll, this small sample size, uh, it sounds like people are happy with COD Valorant, but not super enthused about it. Um, COD Vanguard, rather. Uh, I think it's one of those games that's going to come through. It's going to be another Call of Duty title, uh, similar to Cold War, where it's going to get some praise, get some disgust, in a sense. Uh, but it's going to be one of those games that just kind of coasts along versus like a Modern Warfare that seems to be pulling in more viewership for the esports scene that seems to be pulling in more players uh call of duty modern warfare is still the highest played game on xbox and i believe playstation as well so it's just pulling in tons of player numbers even after cold war and now after vanguard is launched uh we'll probably see those numbers for vanguard continue to improve and eventually surpass cold war but for now it does look like vanguard is starting off a little bit rockier than some people might have expected maybe they're in their wet and stormy season also you like wet and stormy, don't you? I, I think that'd be a great drink name, don't you? Like a wet and stormy I mean, margarita. There is a dark and stormy drink already. <laughs> but dark and stormy is different than wet and stormy. Wet and stormy just really brings the moisture up, you know? Joey, is water wet? Uh, it depends on what day of the week, but typically, yes. Can water be wet? Uh, sure. Or is wet something when water is on something? Uh, it depends. Let me splash a bucket of water on you, and we can decide after that. That's different. Hey. Then, 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 yes, I would be wet if you splashed a bucket of water on me. But is water in itself wet? Uh, that is a great question. Chat, you can answer that on Twitter, <laughs> at Level Up Live, uh, if you guys going to want to go vote on how wet water is, uh, or which season you're most interested for in Forza. Maybe we can put up that poll as well. Again, I think they're hot, dry, wet, and stormy, if I remember correctly, but not 100% sure on that. Uh, John really likes wet and stormy, so hopefully that is one of the seasons we get tonight. Okay, what else we got here? Uh, Steam top sellers for the week. Let's go over these just briefly. In first place is going to be Forza Horizon 5, then Age of Empires 4. Elden Ring comes in third to round up the top three, followed by New World. Then Forza Horizon 5, a different edition. Then Age of Empires 4, a different edition. Back for Blood, Football Manager. Uh, I didn't write down 9 and 10, but it was something. And then Lost Ark. Uh, of note, Forza and Age of Empires, both with two spots there in the top 10, uh, based on different editions. Age of Empires launched at the end of October. Forza just launching officially in early access last Friday, and then this Tuesday in full access. So both those games doing extremely well, also both under that Xbox Game Studios logo. Uh, two MMOs in the top 10 as well this week, New World at number 4 and Lost Ark at number 10. Uh, last but not least, and this is something we hit on a little bit earlier in the show, six of those top ten are also available on Game Pass for PC. Uh, four games, if you count the different editions there. So people that are saying Game Pass is killing game sales, uh, those games continue to rise, and we've seen it week over week of games launching in Game Pass and still doing very well on Steam. Uh, so for now, I think it's safe to say that it's at least doing all right and not really cannibalizing those sales. 
Some new Horizon Forbidden West details. We've talked a lot about Halo and Forza this week for Xbox and PC fans. Let's talk a little bit about Horizon Forbidden West before we slide into our last couple topics. Uh, we did get a new blog post from PlayStation up on blog.playstation.com. Uh, they talked a little bit about what we can expect in the new Horizon game. We're going to see expanded unique behaviors for each machine, plus more specific sounds per machine. So if you want to go for that Stegosaurus, they're going to have some different behaviors. Maybe they swing their neck a little bit differently. Uh, maybe they grind their gears sound-wise a little differently. Something to kind of make those animals stand apart or make those mechanic animals stand apart a little bit more. Uh, so it doesn't feel like you're just looking at something different, but it's actually behaving different. It's sounding different. Uh, just a more variation of feedback there. On top of that, overload can now change machine behaviors. Uh, so for those of you who've played like MMOs, like let's say WoW, for example, you kind of get your boss down into that red health level, and then they kind of pop off. They change the way they interact. They make things interesting for the players. Uh, that's kind of what they're looking to bring here as well. So when those characters, those mechanics get to lower level, close to death mechanic, uh, will activate and it'll kind of change the behavior up a little bit. So maybe they, instead of running around in circles, they start running in straight lines where they do different things here and there. Uh, those will probably be a lot more dramatic than what I just described, but it is something to look forward to in that new game as well. Anything else on mechanic animals or wet and stormy car races? No. Perfect. Uh, upcoming stuff, guys. Uh, we have the Xbox 20th anniversary show on Monday, November 15th. Uh, I've heard some things about that show. It should be worth tuning in for. Uh, there's going to be no new game reveals. The biggest thing is going to be celebrating Xbox history. So the old consoles, old Halo stuff, all that goodness. Uh, there are going to be some... New announcements about games, not new game announcements, but there will be new announcements regarding um, some older games as well as some games that have already been announced. So look forward to some of that as well. Maybe some new footage, not 100% sure if it made it into the show, uh, but that should be good times as well. And then for those of you who follow League of Legends, the free agency show led by Jacob Wolf and his friends and co-workers over at Dot Esports will be tuning in November 15th for that one. Uh, I believe it's in the evening sometime, like early evening, Eastern time, at least for us in the U.S., uh, for that show. So I might leak some of those rosters ahead of time, but I don't want to take too much away from Jacob. I believe there are like 10 spots that I'm waiting to fill, and I'm hoping Jacob fills those voids on the show that evening. Uh, maybe we'll even do a little watch party in the Discord. But yeah, again, November 15th for that one in the evening. Diving into some eSport game updates, John, the NBA 2K League, there has been some crazy stuff. Uh, the first thing, we had the draft lottery happen, and it is Mavs Gaming with that number one pick in the 2022 draft. What are your thoughts on them sliding in for that pick? Uh, it's huge for them. Uh, this is their first. So they've had the first overall before, all the way back in season one, their first inaugural pick. Uh, they picked Dimes. They recently traded Dimes to uh, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, I believe. Yeah, Toronto. And, um, I mean, that was kind of the end of an era. Dimes was seen as the best 2K player going into the league. Uh, the Mavs haven't exactly played as well as they've wanted to. They traded away some guy named Dayfry to WizDG in Season 2. Uh, and that's really come back to bite them in the butt because WizDG has gone on to win back-to-back -back championships. Um so they've struggled. They've struggled quite a bit to find an identity and stick to it. And when you're owned by Mark Cuban, uh, who is very much involved in their esports department under that Mavs branding, um, it's not acceptable. And and this this was a big moment. There, there's a really cool tweet that they put out, and the NBA 2K League retweeted as well. They were actually filming uh, some content 
uh, for their social media pages when they were told that they got the first overall pick. Uh, and the place went absolutely crazy. Now, how big can a number one overall pick be? Well, in going into season three, WizDG had a nine or seven or nine percent chance of getting the first overall pick. They got it. They drafted JBM, became a massive, massive uh, game changer for WizDG, won back-to-back championships. Um, so it can literally change the face of your franchise if you draft correctly. Uh, so it's absolutely massive for Mavs. They're essentially getting a second chance at being relevant uh, since that first time they had that first pick back in season one. Yeah, huge opportunity. As you mentioned, JBM, uh, not only coming in as a great player, a great player and person off the court too, but coming in and returning two championships to the club that drafted him. So big things can come from that number one pick. We'll see what Mavs Gaming does with it when it happens. Uh, the other thing that happened in the NBA 2K League, and this is a hit to a team as well as the league overall, in my opinion. They have dismissed Chalk after he violated the player code of conduct. Uh, Chalk was one of those big players, not only extremely talented on the virtual court, but he was also one of those players that talked a lot of smack and kind of drove engagements over on Twitter as well. All right. So this one's a lot more complicated than I feel like a lot of people understand. Um, Chalk Say, to say Chalk is a vocal person is an understatement. Uh, before he was even in the league, he was very critical about the league. He definitely had an opinion, and he definitely had people's attention when he spoke. Uh, if you play the current generation of NBA 2K22, uh, uh, your my player is essentially a YouTube star that goes to the NBA. Uh, that's kind of what Chalk was. Uh, he had a personality. He had a following before he was in the league. He got in the league. He banked on that personality. Um, and essentially, you know, the league says he made misrepresentations uh, to the league. Um, there's the league has never been very clear uh, when players get DQ'd from the league and get kicked out. Um, but in this case, Chalk was a personality for the for Nets Gaming that brought attention to a team that underperformed, uh, that brought attention to a team uh, that had his followers flocking to uh, Nets Gaming uh, because of his personality, because of his style. Yes, he he played well as as well. His his nickname is the Fadeaway King for a reason. Uh, he plays incredibly well. He talks a lot, doesn't always necessarily back it up, but when you run your mouth constantly, and I, I don't know if they have PR training uh, for for Nets or not. Uh, I know like WizDG puts their guys through training, uh, but you know this is one of those things. Is like when when you're a pro and you're getting paid to play a game or a video game in this case, you gotta watch what you say and how you say it because even when it's the off season, you're still representing your organization. You're still representing the league. And in this case, Chalk is disqualified. And now the Nets, who I guarantee you would have protected him going into the expansion draft, are now in a completely different situation where they're now going to have to try to replace someone who averaged uh, mid-30s, low-40 points per game for the Nets. I mean, it is absolutely devastating for the Nets more than anything. 
yeah, huge loss for the Nets, um, but also the engagements for the league as well. I mean, you have to dismiss players if they go past that code of conduct, if they violate it, and that's exactly what the league did here, but you lose some of that engagement in doing so. So it'll be tough to replace him both on the league social media standpoint. As John said, there are negatives to that as well, being that vocal, um, but you also have to replace him over there on that net squad. So we'll keep an eye out on that and report back as we eventually see how this draft does go later on. Last but not least for today's show, we're going to talk League of Legends. We'll drop a couple other things at the end here, but this is the last main topic on the show notes today, and that is Edward Gaming from the LPL in China taking down the defending champions from the LCK in South Korea, Damwon Kia. Uh, EDG with the win 3-2. to two. Not only that, John, but it also broke peak viewership, the record being now over 4 million, not including China, so probably much, much higher than that with China included. And we do have one other thing of note, which is kind of cool, kind of crazy as well. Flandre is the first non-Korean solo laner to win Worlds since 2012. How crazy glad, is that? I'm glad you're able to correct that. I know. I looked at it. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I was like, mm, pretty sure that's this year because it was 21. Yeah, but yeah 2012. I 21 in the notes. It's definitely 2012, though, guys. Uh, <laughs> but isn't that crazy? The first non-Korean solo laner to win Worlds since 2012. Uh, that's like, what, 10 years almost. That's almost a decade of Korean solo laners. So even if it was a Chinese team that won, it was a Korean import sitting up there in the top lane winning that championship. So uh, that, to me, of all the stats, spectators being increased, sure. Yeah, it's going to happen almost every year with the way Riot's been running things. But the first non-Korean solo laner to win since 2012 seems like the outstanding stat for me. I mean, how about the fact that almost no one gave Edward Gaiman a chance? Yeah. Uh, go, going in against Damwon, you know, I mean, we picked Damwon. We're like, we're saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be 3 0, maybe 3 1, and it goes 5, and Edward Gaiman pulls out the upset. I mean, that's honestly what it is. It, it's an upset. Huge. Um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like literally nobody gave them a chance, and they played out of their minds. They took advantage of mistakes that Damwon made, and that's what you have to do. You have to find those small openings that great teams you know, eventually will commit because either they either a fall in a comfort zone uh, thinking that a game is going so well in their favor that they might make a mistake here and there that and that's going to open up a window for the other team to take advantage. Or, you know, is this one of those things where it's like people get so star uh, starstruck that they're going up against a big name like Damwon Gaming and, you know, and Squirkle says it 100% right. They get overlooked. People automatically write them off. Um now, I mean, well, and also, just rightfully so, though, as yeah. well, like this is a team that has failed in the semifinals so many 100%. times before they've tried to push their way in the quarters even and they've just continued to fail year over year. Yeah. So I think some of the expectations going into what you were saying, John, is it just they've built up this almost mentality within the organization as well as outside the organization that this is a team that's always rated high and always falls short. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you look at like uh, the LCS when they go to Worlds. You know, the, the meme is, is, oh, if it's Cloud9, they have a chance of getting out of group. Oh, if it's anybody else, are they going to go 0-6? You know, is there a chance that they're going to go 0 like, like, there's a reputation for a reason. Um, and unfortunately, Edward Gaming had that. Um, does this change the narrative on Edward Gaming? Maybe. I mean, they, they definitely put some of those... Uh, stereotypes to rest, you know, the, you know, the people that, you know, the, the, it's the team that chokes in, in the semifinals or the quarterfinals. Uh, they, they did win it all. Um, could this be a start of, of, of a new chapter for Edward Gaming? It most definitely can. It's something you can definitely build off of. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it's such a great story for League of Legends because it's not that often that we get major upsets like this in the finals. Uh, you know, again, a lot of times these finals are very predictable uh, just because of the way the groups play out. The, the two different paths to the final tend to be very predictable. Um, and then in, in, in this matchup, again, you know, we said 3-0-3-1. A lot of other outlets were saying 3-0-3-1 as well, not giving ever game in a chance. And it, it's so cool to see the underdog come up and take down the big dog, win the whole thing, and really put the critics to bed uh, when it comes to trying to predict this. That's what makes watching esports a lot of fun is when the little guys or the overlooked team in this case uh, takes down the big dog in the end. Yeah, I mean, so many stigmas turned away from this. Like, Chinese teams failing at the end and not making it. EDG being one of those teams that's done it so many times. To get back, to do it against the big Korean powerhouse that won last year uh, in Damwon Kia, you also just, there's so many big stories there. Like, I believe, to my knowledge, Koma also coached SKT, uh, now T1, when Scout was over there, the mid laner for EDG. So there was probably some of that mid lane player versus coach relationship going on. Uh, you have some other players that have played back and forth between these organizations and in their respective countries as well. So a lot of underlying storylines between these two on top of all that gravity that John mentioned too. So I don't know. I think it was great. Uh, I would not have bet on EDG winning. I would have lost every single bet there. Uh, I thought 3-2 damn one would have been the craziest thing at the beginning. Uh, as John said, we were both pretty heavily on the 3-0, 3-1 damn one train. So one, the fact that EDG made it to the finals in the beginning is kind of stunning. Uh, but two, damn one losing. I thought for sure the best matchup of Worlds was going to be T1 versus damn one. And in the end, neither T1 or damn one pulling home the crown as EDG does it 3-2. Uh, the last thing to mention here is the winner of our OTN Pick'em. That is going to be, I believe it's Shayok or Shyok, however it's pronounced. 96 points coming in from Shayok. Uh, the next person was actually John this year in 70, or second place was 79 points, followed by Oof. Dexter Range. So we will go ahead and get you guys the prizes. DM me if you hear this on Discord. I'll look for you guys on Discord and Twitter, uh, as well as I believe these are your account names because that's how Riot does things. So I can always find you in client as well to get you guys paid out. Um, but congratulations on the big win there as well. Wait, so we're... Second place gets something? No, no, you don't. Damn. I'm sorry. Second place goes to the next person in line because you are considered staff. Uh, so you and I can't get rude. Line, I, there was no small print that said that. You're <laughs> full of it. That's not acceptable. I have Lux skins I need to buy. Oh my gosh, Lux skins. <laughs> um, a couple other things uh, just to mention. We won't talk about them on today's show because we are over time. Um, but if you guys didn't check it out, I just forgot the name of it. The Thunderful, Thunderful Games, I believe is what they're called nowadays. They just had a rebrand. Uh, some new details over there on stuff like The Gunk, which is a game coming out, I think it's December 16th or December 19th. Uh, is the official date. That's kind of one of my indies to watch for 2021. Highly recommend checking that out. Uh, details on Planet of Lana. Details on a new Steam World game for those who are fans of that series. Uh, so some really cool stuff came out of that. On top of League of Legends, uh, John, not only one of the most popular games in the world, but now one of the most populated animated series as well, dropping Arcane on Netflix this past week. Uh, lots of good stuff coming out that. A very big premiere coming from them too. So uh, maybe, I don't know how we want to do it with spoilers, but we might mention a little bit of some Arcane stuff next week uh, once people have kind of had a week to watch the episodes. Or maybe we'll do that separately, like on a, I don't know, a Discord thing or Twitter spaces or something, but to discuss a little bit of that as well. Uh, maybe even YouTube, that beautiful beautiful YouTube page that's just a little bit dusty other than holding level up files and go DC files. Uh, we'll see what we can do there. But I think that'll do it for today, guys. Thanks for hanging out and chat uh, as we get ready to head into this closing.
Oh, so you caught me off guard. I have to turn the Bluetooth back on and everything. Honestly. Oh, please. Please turn that gotta, Bluetooth on. Got to connect back to the phone. Got to pull up the sound file. Connecting. Connecting. No, it, it's it, it's just a bunch of beeps. It doesn't even sound cool when it happens. Mm. Uh, but it's it's pretty quick. It is pretty, pretty quick. Nation, that is going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN to becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you'll get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are part of OTN Media. If you have not already done so, make sure you follow the show on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our entire community so much. There are multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely, Level Up Nation. Head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live, LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company OTN Media on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and over on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, go and check us out. The live show here Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. All right, make sure you tune in next Thursday. That is the 18th of November as we cover the latest and greatest game in esports news. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode is live for your listening and viewing pleasures. We'll catch you all on Thursday. Have a fantastic weekend. And remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level up. up.